Hello, and welcome to the podcast. My name is Brendan Zimmer. The date is December 5th, and today I will be explaining the Haber-Bosch process. During the First World War, Germany was entirely blockaded by Allied forces, cutting off imports of the nitrate, rich materials, and minerals, which were needed as fertilizers and in the production of gunpowder. In 1910, German chemists Fritz Haber and Karl Bosch were able to create a process through which they could produce ammonia by utilizing the nitrogen present in the atmosphere. Although methods for this did already exist, they were either too expensive or too inefficient to be utilized on an industrial scale. Starting with the basics, where do you get the materials? The two primary reactants, nitrogen and hydrogen, are extremely abundant and easily and easy to gather. The nitrogen can be gotten straight from the air, and the hydrogen is gotten from methane. Next up is the catalysts, materials needed to both stabilize and also assist the reaction. The catalysts that were originally called for are both extremely rare and expensive, namely uranium. The industrial process uses a catalyst made up of mostly magnetite, which has been formed and purified through specific means. It also contains relatively minor amounts of calcium and aluminum, which help ensure the stability of the catalyst. Next up, what is the process? Without diving head-on into every bit of the chemistry involved, the process is actually fairly simple. To start off, The whole process is cupped under extreme pressures, around 1,400 pounds per square inch. There are between three and five beds of the previously mentioned magnetite catalyst, with the nitrogen and hydrogen-rich reactants being pumped over them at temperatures between 400 and 500 degrees Celsius, with phases of cooling between each bed to further maintain the reaction. Any gas that is left unreacted is then pumped back through the system with new gas. There are then further steps for removing both impurities and byproducts, which are also under certain pressures, ranging from 450 pounds per square inch to 1,500. This all results in a yield of about 15% when using processes, the same process from World War I. So now on to the history. How was it used back then? As it was previously mentioned, Germany was blockaded throughout most of the war. This meant they could no longer import the nitrate-rich guano they needed for the production of gunpowder. It also meant they couldn't import food either. And since the guano was also used majoritively for fertilizer, they needed an alternative. Due to these problems, the Haber-Bosch process was put into use on a massive industrial scale to compensate for the lack of imports. However, during the war, this production was mostly directed into producing ammunitions and explosives, with very small quantities going towards fertilizer production. How is the Haber-Bosch process used today? After World War I, the process was refined many times to become more efficient and cheaper, and it began to see wider use in the world. Today, the process is entirely used for the production of ammonia fertilizers and it is generally seen as a more environmentally friendly process for fertilizer production. The Royal Society of Chemistry even published an article on how it could fit into a clean energy future, 
However, it is mentioned that there are some worries considering these processes, especially considering the amount of carbon dioxide that is produced, leading to much tighter government regulation than there was in the past. This is Brendan Zimmer talking about the Haber-Bosch process. Thank you for joining me.